it's going. I will not make the Jeff Gibbs technological mistake, for which I teased him pretty good through emails. But he forgot to, t to uh, push the button last time, so he didn't record. So we get emails from people, hey, the latest Greek club hasn't been up for three weeks or whatever. I go, what do you mean? And then we find out Jeff didn't push. Then Jeff has to admit, didn't push the button. Oh, man. <laughs> so anyway, welcome to Mohadon Ivri Club Hebrew. I'm very happy to have you guys today. Um, we are in Zephaniah chapter 1. And remember, we're at the last part of that chapter, um, verse 15. And uh, if you will recall, <coughs> recall, about halfway through it, verse 8, um, the day of the Lord theme was introduced. And remember, this particular chap chapter begins with uh, kind of a universal judgment, and then it goes to Judah, and we'll see kind of the telescoping of judgment against Judah, universal judgment, back and forth here, uh, and uh, through that theme of the day. And I wanted to stop at verse 15, which we did last time, because of the power of the verse, and you'll be able to see that right away. So we're going to start with chapter 1 of Zephaniah, uh, verse 15. Yom Evrahayom Hahu, Yom Tsara Umetsuka, Yom Shoah Umeshoah, Yom Choshek Va'afela, Yom Anan Va'arafel. I'll go to 16. Yom Shofar Uteura, Al Ha'arim, Ha'betsurim, Betsurot, Va'al Ha'pinot, Ha'gevo'ot. All right, no, well, I mean, one thing will stick out at you right away, and that's the. Um, Sound, you know, notice that there are a lot of word plays here or parallelism on a number of different levels. So, on the syntactic level, notice the order of words is the same, and so you get this pattern. On the morphological level, um, you get the repetition of yom, 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 and the repetition of uh, the um, nouns, notice, and then the sound, notice, like. Um, Shoah, Meshoah, Tzara, Metsuka, Anan, Arafel. And you'll see, so again, um, as we saw earlier in the chapter, there's this, this um, kind of playing with language. So notice for the reader, um, it strikes you um, with a certain particular force, which we can talk more about. So notice a day um, of Evra, of the overwhelming wrath, is Hayom, is that day. So a day of overwhelming wrath, Evra, is that day. A day of Tzara Umetsuka. See, a day of, again, trouble and Metsuka, synonym, uh, oppression, uh, all right, distress. A day of Shoah, again, devastation, and Meshoah, disaster, see. So notice two synonyms, same kind of root. Day of Choshek, darkness, and Afela, deep darkness. So notice there, you don't have so much a sound play, but the meanings um, of the words, uh, you know. So again, lexically, you have a lot of uh, synonymy there. A day of Anan and Arfel, cloud and deep cloud. A day of Shofar, trumpet and teruah, uproar or shout. All right. Um, Al Ha'arim, on the mountains, the Betsu wrote. On the mountains, the um, inaccessible ones. Batsar is a word that means to cut off or to make inaccessible. Um, 
I'm sorry, I got that wrong. On the cities, Heharim, Heharim is cities, and Betsurot is the cut-off ones, or the inaccessible, or the fortified cities. Batsar means to cut off, and Betsura then is a call passive participle, to be cut off. So the cities, the cut-off ones, or the cities, the fortified ones. And upon the pinot, that, that word means corners, and it's talking about the corner towers. And ha-gevohot is um, from gavoa, which means high. It's an adjective which means high. And uh, upon or against the corner towers, the high or the lofty corner towers. All right. So notice the description of that day. Um, and again, um, the repetition hits you with the force so you can kind of begin to see its importance. <coughs> um, when uh, we feel very deeply about something, we tend to repeat ourselves. And so you see that kind of language here. Um, it's very similar to some of the things you see about the day of the Lord in Joel chapter 2 as well. But syntactically, it's very easy, notice, and almost rhythmic uh, in the way that it's structured. And I think, you know, that's kind of done deliberately. So there's, notice, there's kind of poetry to it. To me, it reminds me of watching a movie of bombs going off to classical music. So you have this kind of classical music, and then you have this horror pictured in the scene. And so the dissonance of the two strikes us as what? As, um, you know, it, it makes the thing seem even twisted or more terrible. So here you have these devastating words put in a very nice rhythmic kind of poetry, see? Not all the time is the judgments, the oracles of judgment like this. Sometimes they're, they uh, traffic in incongruity, in difficult syntax, and all those kind of things. But here it's, no, it's very easy, right? Flows really smooth. And yet it's this picture of destruction, all right? Um, does anyone have any questions about any of the words or anything there? I mean, you can kind of look at it yourself, how the repetition pounds itself out in those two verses. Oh, here it would be, right, yeah. Teruah, right, sometimes it's a shout of joy, but here, notice in the context, you're going to say it's, a, it's, a, it's an outcry. Yeah, I mean, outside of a context, just like our word for cry, you know. Um, but here, it's definitely a cry of distress, I think. Same with shofar. And the language in the last part of 15 and 16, it has its echo in the, this, these are a lot of the same words that are used in Exodus 19 to describe when God came down on Sinai. All right. So a reader of this text is going to see and make the connection with this kind of day of judgment, with God's appearance on Sinai. Remember the mountains trembled, there were deep dark clouds, the sound of the, of the shofar, the trumpet, and the people were scared to death. Remember. So when you think of this day, think of that day. So again, through the, the language... Um, Zephaniah is having you make connections with another day of judgment. So the future is like the past. All right? All right, good. Verse 17. Va hatseroti la adam vehalku ka ivrim ki la Yahweh katatu veshufak damam ke afar u lachumam ka gelalim. Okay. Hatseroti. Anyone see the root of that? It's from zarar, which means to bind or to be in distress. This is the hifil, 
means to cause distress or bring distress. So it's a hifil perfect from zarar. And I will bring distress, la'adam, to mankind. So notice you have the universal picture here. Uh, the day is going to be judgment against Judah, but think bigger than that. So the day of judgment against Judah also leads to the eschatological. See, so you're, if you have Sinai, you have this day of judgment, you have the eschatological. Notice how different views are uh, put together in a, in a vision like this. Okay, So notice also the switch from third person to first person. All of a sudden, boom. So you have, notice the third person, it is a day of, of darkness and blah, 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 you know, so on and so forth. You're distanced from it. And then all of a sudden, God says, I will bring distress to Adam, to mankind. All right? And they will walk the Halku as Ivrim, as blind people. Darkness, see? They will walk as blind people. Why? Because everything's going to be destroyed. For La Adonai, against Yahweh Chatatu, they have sinned. Notice Lamed has this meaning, and you'll see a different. Sometimes um, Zephaniah uses Al, sometimes Lamed. All right? And so these things can be very flexible the way we translate them in English. Um, so for against Yahweh, they have sinned. The Shupach Damam, and their blood will be poured out. All right? This is a Pu'al from Shafak, which means to pour out. Their blood will be poured out like afar, like dust. And Lechumam, this word used is occurred only here. So it's kind of a guess what it means, but most suggest it means something like their intestines. So lechumam, their intestines, shufak, will be poured out like gelalim. Look at that word, gelalim. That's um, dung. All right. The singular, um, galal, remember, means to roll. All right, and you have the singular gale, which means dung. This is gelalim. So um, their intestines like, now think probably it's plural because pieces of dung or something like that. All right. Um, so very descriptive of the destruction of human beings on this day. <coughs> All right. Questions on 17. All right, 18. Gam kaspam gam zehavam lo yukal lehatzilam beyom evrat yawayu beesh kinato teakel kol haaretz. All right. Again, notice the rhythm. Gam aspam gam zevaham lo yukal lehatzilam. So you notice there's even rhyme at the end of those words. The mem is really strong in that line. So um, when you have two gams, it's either or. But notice when you have a low a following a negative, instead of either or, it's neither nor. So neither their silver from Kesef nor their gold, you call, um, will be able. Okay, that's from Yakal. Will be able, Lahatzilam, to save them. That's an infinitive construct, Hifil, from Natsal. So neither their silver nor their gold will be able to save them. Very woodenly, also their silver, um, either their silver or their gold will not be able to save them, which makes no sense in English. See? Okay? <laughs> Um, on the day of the Evrat Yahweh, on the day of the overwhelming wrath of Yahweh. So notice how you're already clued in. We're coming to the end of the section because you have the same language as we had in verse 15. The day of the Evra will be that day on the day of the Evrat of the Lord. Okay, 
and by the Aish and by the fire of Kinato and by the fire of his zeal. Kina, by the fire of his zeal, Te'akel Kol Ha'aretz. All the earth, Te'akel, will be eaten. That's a nifal imperfect. All right. Uh, last line. Ki kala ak nivhala yaseh et kol yoshve ha'aretz. Okay, kala is an end. It's a noun that means end. And then you have the nivhala. That's from the root bahal, which means to um, be terrible or to be terrified. And this is a nifal participle feminine. So um, this feminine modifies kala. Which, mean, which is the noun that means end. So it's notice it's a nifal participle, so it functions almost as an adjective. Terrible, uh, terrible end. Notice ki and ak then both uh, kind of uh, give emphasis. Certainly an end. Indeed, a terrible one. He will do, yaaseh. He will do to, et, to all the inhabitants of the earth. So notice, ki kala ak nivhala. I mean, notice the extra ak there. Certainly an end, indeed a terrible one. Nivhala. See, he will do. Notice it's first person, or uh, God is the subject. He will do with all the inhabitants of the earth. Yoshve is a participle, um, masculine plural construct from Yashav. All right. Good. Any questions about chapter one? All right, pretty bad, huh? <laughs> All right, ver chapter two now. Um, notice that this chapter starts out in a very unusual way like we saw at the beginning of the book. Hit koshashu vakoshu. Hit koshashu vakoshu. Okay? Hagoi lo niksaf. Remember the beginning of the book started, uh, if you go to verse two, asofa safe. Again, you had that repetition from two different roots. Here you have the same root, but a kind of repetition. Again, Zephaniah's language has this, I don't know, wordplay is kind of, but you see this kind of patterning uh, in his book, all right, in different ways. And so here you have this repetition of the same root, two different binyanim, two different conjunctions. So the root is kashash, kashash. And it's a... What's interesting about it, it's a synonym. It means to gather. Remember the common word for to gather is asaf. Asaf, and remember that's the one used, the first word of verse 2 of chapter 1, asof, asaf. I will gather, I will bring an end. So here, this is the word that's used when the widow woman is gathering sticks to make a fire. And it's a, So this is a, the first one is a hitpoel imperative from kashash. So it would be something like gather together or gather yourselves together. The second one is a call imperative from kashash. Gather together and gather. That's what it means. So I don't know if you want to translate them both like gather uh, quickly together or you know some, some kind of adverb. I don't know what the emphasis is, but it's really gather yourselves and gather. All right? Uh, just like... Asofa safe. All right. O nation low um, niksaf. Niksaf, that's a nifal participle. The root is kasaf. Remember, you know the noun silver. Um, kasaf means to be 
loved or to be dear, to be longed for. Okay? Um, so gather together, O nation, not longed for, not, maybe we would say desired, lo nixoth. Okay? Some suggest, since this root occurs, since this meaning is so rare, there's a late Hebrew meaning that means that this word is used uh, to be pale. And so they would translate it, O nation, which does not become pale, i.e., which has no shame. And so I think the Jewish Publication Society goes with that meaning. There's probably other translations that go with that meaning. Okay. Um, Any questions through verse 1? All right. Verse 2. Beterem let it chok, kemots of our yom, beterem lo yavo alekem, charon af Yahweh, beterem lo yavo alekem, yom af Yahweh. Okay. Beterem means before. Um, and let it is just a call, infinitive construct from yalad, which means to bear. And chok is, um, means decree a chok or a statute or a decree. So it's gathered together, O nation, not long for, before the bearing of the decree. See, before a decree is born, namely the decree that he has just talked about um, regarding the judgment. See? So, bef- so gather yourselves together, O nation, not long for, before, before the uh, bearing of the decree. Like moats, that's chaff, the day passes. Okay, so namely, it's going quickly. Okay, like, like chaff, the day passes. Time is flying, so to speak. Okay. Now notice that you have a weird kind of structure here. You have a double negative in beterem, which means before, not yet, and then you have lo. Now remember in English, when you have a double negative, they cancel each other out, right? In Hebrew... It emphas- it's for emphasis. Okay, everybody got that? In English, they cancel each other out. In Hebrew, the, the two double negatives are actually emphatic. So it's like you're emphasizing that uh, before it comes on them. See, so you're really being emphatic about this statement. Before it comes on them, namely the charon, the... Um, Anger of the wrath of God, the heat, the charon of the anger of Yahweh. Okay, this is the only place I think where Baterim is followed by Lo. So again, you see the unusual language. And, and now, again, before it comes on them, the day of the wrath of Yahweh. So when you look at verse 2, notice the regularity. You have Baterim, Baterim, Baterim. Okay. Lo yavo, lo yavo, alekem, alekem. So notice those are both the same. Charon af Yahweh, yom af Yahweh. So you have af in the same place. So notice again the patterning. Um, it's like this kind of relentless march. And so as a reader, you know, when you see such pattern, you begin to anticipate uh, the reinforcement. So notice there's kind of a, uh, when you see that pattern, you, you connect words together. And the boundaries that we make between words and concepts are blurred. And um, as a reader, you begin to kind of get into the rhythm. And when you're into it, you expect more of the same, right? 
So you know it's going to end sometime, and it usually ends by a change in the pattern. Um, and notice that's what happened in verse 15, 16, the last part. Notice you get a change in the pattern, and it kind of tells you you're coming to an end. But so here, before the bearing of the decree, uh, the day passes like chaff. Before it comes on them, the wrath, the, the heat of the wrath of God, before it comes on them, the day of the wrath of Yahweh. All right? Um, so, yeah, very uh, effective and striking language. Okay, any questions through verse 2? All right, good. Let's do one more verse then. Here you'll see the same kind of repetition. Bakshuet Yahweh kol an vehaaretz asher mishpato pa alo lu bakshu tzedek bakshu anava ulai tisatru beyom af Yahweh. Okay. Notice how all these smaller sections are ending with af Yahweh. Wow. So bakshu is a piel imperative from bikesh, uh, which means to seek. So seek Yahweh. All you Anve of the earth, all you humble ones. This is uh, the plural construct from Anav, which means uh, humble person. The root Ein um, Nun He means to be humble. That's one of the meanings. You know it is to answer, but it can also mean to afflict, also to be humble. So seek Yahweh, all you humble of the earth, who um, do Pa'alu Mishpatu, who do his judgment. So in other words, who do his will. All right. Seek tzedek, righteousness. Seek anava, seek humility. Notice anav and anava. Um, the first one, the ein, nun, vav, the construct, is the um, noun, uh, or is the uh, adjective humble used um, here as a substantive. And anava is the noun um, humility. So seek humility. Okay. Perhaps tisatru, this is a nifal imperfect from satar. Perhaps you will be hidden away in the day of the wrath of Yahweh. In the day of Yahweh's wrath. See? So notice the day is coming, but perhaps you can be rescued if you seek, if you're if you are the humble of the earth um, who seek out Yahweh, seek Zedek. Not your own Zedek, but the ones that he can give. See, notice Zedek here. Seek Zedek, seek Anava. Notice the, because of the patterning, we tend to look now at humiliation and Zedek as overlapping. See? Whereas in other contexts, we'd see them as totally different concepts. But uh, Bakshu Zedek, Bakshu Anava. Seek righteousness, seek hum humility. All right? as if the one is found in the other. All right. Um, good. Any other questions? Very good. Um, we, have, we have Easter break this coming Thursday, so we'll meet in a week, and we will continue with Chapter 2, in which he actually starts now from judgment against Judah to judgment and oracles against other nations, starting with the Philistines. All right. So blessings on the rest of your week and on your celebration of our Lord's resurrection.